This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. remember the big moments in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Latest Moving Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I am your gracious host. Alongside me, the aerodynamic, squandered to the water, completely pesticide-proof, pebble-knuckled, sandblasted in the ankles, and worshiping the crates of America. Justin Wendell, what's going on, man? Oh, man. You know, what is going on? You know, found out, you know, Rudy Giuliani was on The Masked Singer. <laughs> yeah. Did yeah, you read that? I saw that? I saw that news mentioned. I mean, well, how how how's the day going to improve after you find out? Well, I mean, like finally, that? finally, a solution to the argument that they don't get a listers. <laughs> I wonder if he didn't have to walk out in a costume. Isn't that what they do on that show? They dress up as monsters, kind of like in kind of cute <laughs> monsters, and then it's like it's like hidden who it is. And Ken Jong is like, I think it's Tom Cruise, and then Carrot Top spills out. <laughs> They're like, right? could is it be it... Barack Obama under that thing? And then it's... <laughs> they always guess. They always guess like A list celebrities, and it's never it's never an A list celebrity. Is it know? Barack Obama? And then Penn Badgley shows up. <laughs> Penn Badgley, I haven't heard his name for a while. Is he is he still out there? I got a feeling that that beautiful, sultry voice underneath that hood is none other than Randall Batnikoff. Is that is that how you say his name? I always thought it was Batnikoff. Is it Batnikoff? I, I took a swing. I took a swing. Never physically said it out loud. Like an '80s heartthrob that kind of flew under the radar a little bit. He was a he flew all over my radar. He he didn't really ascend to the heavens of celebrity, right? Like he was always kind of the lower rung. Um, Good though, you know, solid solid talent. Oh man, Randall school ties. Is he in school ties? Fuck yeah, he is. Everybody's in school ties. I know he's in like a movie with Molly Ringwald. Well, of course, I just can't remember what for keeps. Is that it? Is that where yeah, she? Gets- I think I think that she was, he was in the pregnancy one. Is I that think yeah? For she- keeps is right. By the way, when I was a waiter, I had this recurring customer whose name was Dick Pregno. <laughs> Are you serious? Yep. I, I, How come every, I haven't heard this before? Whenever I got his credit card, I just got all jittery. I got jittery like Alex Kidd when you freaking got the invincibility. <laughs> You've never revealed this to me, and it seems like something that should be a cornerstone of our friendship. <laughs> it's a halo name, yeah. Dick Pregno. Was he a nice guy? He he was debonair, actually, for an older chap. He had one of those the artist mustaches. It's almost like it's drawn on. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Hey, uh, what's your comfort level right now? 
Like, how comfortable are you as we're recording this podcast? We've kind of... Not at all. You're not comfortable? No. Man, I put some slippers on. I got white socks on right now, by the way, which is your... It's a bugabear for you. Is that the right term? You hate Bu- it. Bugbear? I, I love white bug socks. Bugbear, bugabear? You hate white socks, right? I don't, ha- I don't hate white socks. You don't? No. We had this discussion. Remember you were saying that gray socks are the way to go. We both I agreed. mean, no, if given the choice, but, you know, athletic mm-hmm. socks, if you're out running around the woods... Yeah. Or if you're Tony LaRussa and you're managing, White Sox is the only way to go. I'm just saying that my comfort my comfort levels, I'm feeling pretty good right now. Like, you know, I got like a, a, a little sweatshirt on with a hood. I got my, from looking at my friend who's back in town. You're looking comfortable. I, you said you're not feeling it, but. I'm not able to, le- I'm not able to lean back in this chair because of the camera and then the microphone. Hey, so let's, let's go over the people that were in school ties and see how long it takes us to run out. Take turns. Yeah, okay. We already got the big one out of the way. I'm going to start with Adam Rapp. I believe he's in that. Yes, he is. I'm going to go with a, a, the murderer, Amy Locaine. She is in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Robin himself, Vertical Limits, Chris O'Donnell in this. Yes, I will go. Uh, I'll go uh, take a hard left to Zeljko Ivanik. Is he in there? Yeah, he's remember he's like the antagonist. I mean, I, I'm going, you know, Brendan Fraser, the star. Fair enough. Internet's I'll, own, Twitter's own, Brendan Fraser in this. I'll go. I'll go. Super secret, hard left. Cole Hauser in this. That was my next. God dang it! I don't know if I know anybody else. I might have run out. You better run sh- out of uh, prep school studs. You better hush your mouth. No, hold up for a second. Who's the big one? Jesus. Matt Damon in this? Yes. Ben Ben Affleck in this. Is he? Is Affleck in there? Yeah, he's all in it. Matt Damon's kind of the um the the super baddie in this, right? Like in that in that movie. Well, I mean, if you mean by somebody with uh anti-Semitism, yes. Right, right. Um, who else? We don't have to go through every we don't have to go through everybody, but I do have to mention Ed Lauder in this too. Is he? Rest in peace. I wonder who else is that. Should we look it up? Do you remember anybody else? There's a young actor. There's a couple other beautiful boys in this movie that we're not mentioning. There's Andrew, uh, what's his his name? He plays the kid who gets fucked up by the French teacher, who's Zeljko. Like, Andrew, he's a good actor. I I don't think he had much of a career, but I liked him. Andrew Lowry. Lowry, yeah, I liked him a lot. You're right, Randall uh, Battenkoff is in this. Oh, my God. Kevin Taigi, 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 how do you say his name? Tiggy, coach of the football team. Uh, Peter Donat, right? Yeah. Headmaster. Yeah. 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 Anthony Rapp. I I think I call him Adam Rapp, but Anthony Rapp. We got most of these fools, right? That's that was a I kind of love that movie. I've seen it many times and and Frazier's great in it. It's good. It's a pretty good movie. Amy Locaine certainly foreshadowing her uh, her character with her character. Why is that? Because she was shit in this. She was a piece of shit. And it turns out she is in real life as well. She wasn't a piece of shit in this. She was. She As soon as she found out my man was Jewish, she accused him of lying to her and she broke up with him. Well, it was the, uh, what, 50s, 60s, 60s, something like that? I guess, yeah. People, 60s, maybe. Uh, written by Dick Wolf, who was um, no relation to Dick Prego. Pregno. Pregno. <laughs> Pregnant. Pregnant is even better. That's what's so funny. It was almost dick pregnant. Robert Mandel directed it. And, you know, he was one of your favorite directors, right? He was going to direct something big. Yeah, he, he was, and he did. And he did. He directed The Substitute. Which I like. 
with no, Tom he was, Berenger. <clears throat> he was actually slated to direct a kind of serious drama, and it was replaced at the last second. I don't remember which which movie it was. Serious XM. It's a funny joke. Getting off to a good start. We're talking about school t- school ties today, Nick. Yeah. Um, do you ever go to a, a prep school? I went to private school. You did, huh? Hated. You was hated that <clears throat> was asked to leave. Oh man, why? Well, please don't return. Was it your grades or was it your attitude or both? I think it was both. It was a Catholic school. Yeah. And I don't <clears throat> I don't know if you know this about me. Not a big fan of the church. You're zooming in. Not a big fan of going to church every day. Yeah, I know that happens. Certainly not a fan of the ritualistic methods of the church that I we went to. Yeah, when I first met you, the first thing you said to me was, I hate church, but I love Jesus. I think that was the first thing, words out of your mouth. Jesus is a he's a wonderful person, or was, but... Mm. Oh, he died? The, that building is a big asshole. Um, yeah. I, I did meet some interesting people in my one year of schooling there. Yeah, you so did, huh? My best friend, literally, I think I may have told this story. My best friend, I made a best friend there. Yeah, okay. And, and then uh, a tree fell on him and killed him in high school. Are you serious? Yeah. What happened? <laughs> this sounds like a joke, but they were coming back from a, a, uh, some sort of a human, like a tree, uh, a pro tree rally type thing. It was, uh, it was like a, it was a part of some it's like an environmentalist thing. Environmentalist thing. He was going to and he, and, he, and a tree fell on him. Oh my god! It's just like a. It's like nature's way of saying we got this. Don't worry. You know, and you're, someone you were still friends with when he died. Yeah, and actually, it's oh, funny. This is even more interesting. So I went to a, a Catholic school that was the seed school for Marist. Mm-hmm. Sean yeah. Sean Fahey, our good friend, uh, you know, friend of us from ever, went to Saint Pius. And the and it was and there was a competitor feeder school for that height. The two the two big sure. cap. The passenger in that car was also killed, and he was friends with Sean. We didn't know that we were friends with those guys, and yet both of us had a smashed friend. How old were? I mean, were they like? This is like tenth tenth eleventh grade, something like that. They were, and it was just them, the two of them that died. Yeah, the tree that's died hor- as well. The tree. That's tree. a horrible. No, that's a horrible thing, man. Sorry to hear it. I mean, I wasn't, we weren't, we, we, we weren't as great friends after I left that school. You know, this was fifth grade. So someone you knew. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. So let's talk um, about more fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, how, how's your, um, how's your trip? How's your, how's it been for you? Sounds like you coughing a little bit. I'm getting a little yeah. Nervous. I've got, I've got like a, um, acid reflux thing I'm dealing with. Oh, okay. I ate an, I ate a xenomorph. So. <laughs> Well, I'm glad to have you back in town, and I'm glad to be recording again because we took a couple um, couple shifts off this year. We're getting off into an inconsistent beginning, and that sucks because I think people have been clamoring for the new one. Well, we provide a service that's been proven, but yeah. at the same time, I think they got to realize we are our work ethic over the past three years has been pretty good, considering all the things tugging at us. And that's been good. I think um, you know that there's a little you know Rogan the the the, the Joe Rogan podcast you know it has a, hit a little turbulence because of. You know some of the the shit he's been slinging and Spotify, you know, and you know I think we are kind of the same way. We're we're feeling that turbulence. It doesn't it, doesn't it because he's the biggest podcast. Doesn't the waves kind of go out to all the other podcasts underneath? And and we're down here, way way down here. We're still feeling the effects of those quakes a little bit, right? Those waves. No, no, no. You think about think about a lake. You shout up like cut it out. You think Just about start a lake. saying stuff that's true. You know, two boats collide in the middle of a lake, right? And if you're standing at the shore, eventually there's going to be ripples that come up to shore. But those ripples rarely make it to a puddle in the forest about six miles away from the lake. Let's just pretend that we get rocked by it. 
<laughs> all I'm saying is, do you think we should invite racists on the show? That's that's like because it seems to be a key to the to, to people's success in podcasting. You know, if if they got a good joke, I don't see why. I mean, uh, we, we we take all sorts on this show. Don't matter do how we? you. How, it don't matter if you're a racist. It doesn't. No. It does to me. I draw the line. I don't want. A I mean, racist on if the I show. if there's a racist out there, I hope you're listening. If there's a racist out there who's got a good Belial joke, come on in. <laughs> our our mission statement. <laughs> Anyway, what's your excuse? I get a good Blyle joke. Um, yep. <laughs> anyway, well, I'm yeah. glad to have you're back in town. I'm glad to be doing this again. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try to get a, a little bit of a different schedule going so that it's easier on us and our lives, and also easier on your schedules as listeners. Because I've noticed that a lot of the shows that I frequent all sign, sort of come out on the same day, and none of them is Wednesday. So maybe we we'll, we'll try we'll try mix up a little bit. Bank a few. We got a few flicks in the kitty. I think it's time we had a guest again. So we're gonna we're, you know we we still love every. Everyone, you know, we've really we're screaming with joy at all the all the great tweets and fan mail and all that. I mean, you know, we, we we're paying attention. Got some new reviews out on uh, old uh, on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I noticed. Thanks, guys. So I like to hear. They said that uh, someone said uh, we're the mother's milk of podcasts. So does that mean? We no, got- well, no one said that, but I was hoping. Oh. That's what I've been I've been flipping through the reviews looking for that term. Do you think that? You know, let's just do a quick assessment here. Like on a scale to one to 10, 10 being incredible. How good at podcasting are we? Let's just. I think we're a hearty seven. You think so? You know, we don't, we're not as concerned with our own sex appeal. And uh, what's our stats? That's what I want to know. You know, hearty seven. I like that. Let's uh, 7.1. Sounds about right. Who would you put above us? Like who's like a legendary podcaster? You would, you would, that's you who aspire to be. I don't aspire to be anybody. That's not true. Let's I don't. Just... I don't care, man. Everybody's got their own shit. Everybody's does, that, does Ellen have a podcast? Pompeo? Yes. <laughs> she. I think she does. She absolutely does. And she swung for the fences with guests from Get Grey's Anatomy on it, which was is it is it a is it a Grey's focused podcast? No, I you know Mantis Aliens, the entire universe of species. Ellen P got a podcast. That's right. I think I tweeted about it. Like, and I I, I hate tweeted about it from our microscope. But, but I, you know what? I was uh, I had a I had I had a little warm moment wash over me today. We may not have won the war, but we won a big battle. Yeah, October. Of 2021 was the last time Team Deacons let one out. Deacons got knighted today. Did yes, you see that? Did. Yes, he did. That's why I looked. He got he got knighted for uh, you know I guess his cinematography. I noticed that they didn't knight him because of his podcast. I thought I didn't was... mention that as they were touching sword to shoulder. Yeah. Uh, hey, great job with Team Deacons. By the way, you also made Josh Brolin look luminary. <laughs> Yeah, so the so is the does the queen do the actual knighting? Does she touch? Was she is she draw the sword and like touch the shoulder? Like how does that happen? What's the ceremony like when yeah, you get she, knighted? She has like a Darth Maul. <laughs> I mean, she's like ninety six, right? I mean, yeah, she's is she lifting to, swords still. I don't know. She's about to leave. That'd be incredible. Like she just floats out there with a sword and just knights cinematographers left and right. Like you know. 
by the way, we've never been around to hear a queen die. What's yeah. the co- what's the TV coverage on that going to be like? You know, oh man, there's never yeah. been somebody as huge take the secret death in our time. So when Princess Diana, it's not a queen. Yeah, but I mean, princess, and it was it's still reverberating. I, I guess the closest is Jonathan Brandis. Rest in peace. Yeah. Look, guys, it's a movie microscope. It's a show where we zoom in. We stovepipe ourselves until the night. <laughs> we manage a battle station while wearing a kangle. <laughs> we put batteries in our butt. We get terrific on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> we push the hair out. You know? <laughs> we learn the teachings of the wicked poo. <laughs> <laughs> We pin it to everything. Watch a film with bizarre, shitty eyes and LED monochromatic bricked eyes and <laughs> talk about a movie. We watch, see what makes or breaks. Sure, likes see the listeners. If we're talking about, I got to dig deeper than normal. I got What happened? This, this is a big one. I... If we were doing, talking about August Osage County. <laughs> <laughs> We would talk about, <laughs> talk about when Sam Shepard blinks and blows the sun out. We talk about the little moments. August Osage County, huh? What is what is it? It's based on a play, obviously. It's is that that's Tracy Letts, right? Is it Tracy Letts? Yeah. And he, you know, who? who By the who way, was, what that sums up Mrs. Lord's career in the seventies. <laughs> I mean, I believe that Lords was an '80s porn star. Nick, am I wrong? I think she's. I mean, probably, probably '80s. Yeah, I just remember that movie looked super depressing. It's a play, but I, is that the? Is it like you? Was you and McGregor rolling around in that one? I think Meryl Streep was in it. Yeah, I think he was too. I'd like to think Randall of... Randall Battenkopf in there. Let's... <laughs> I'd like to think of hmm. um, of those two working together, you and McGregor and uh... Meryl Streep. Oh my God, what a cast! Yeah, big cast. All right, we're doing this one. Dermot Mulroney, Julia Roberts, Juliet Lewis, Chris Cooper, Ewan, Margot Martindale, Sam Shep, Julianne Nicholson, who I love, Abigail Breslin, who I hate, Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch in this. Dale Dye. Oh, he's not in that. He is. Julianne Nicholson in there. Did you say that? I love her. Yeah, I love her to death. Jerry Stahl. Dead. He didn't die. Isn't he the guy that wrote the thing that Ben Affleck was? Yeah, he was the guy that permanent midnight. Yeah. Ben Stiller. Yeah. I know he's not dead, but he's dead. He used to write for Alf, that guy. Yeah, this is the Tracy Letts thing. All right, we're doing it. Carrie Coon, not in that. Can't believe it. That's his wife, yeah? Yeah, I wonder if she was in the play. The the, the play, I bet she was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's his wife. I tried to watch the opening, uh, the first episode of that show with her. The Gilded Age, or whatever yeah. it's called? Yeah, yeah. Not, 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 not up your alley? Well, the creature from the Black Lagoon didn't show up yet, so I was just like, I'll just keep waiting. <laughs> Keep waiting. Speaking um, of creature from the Black Lagoon, there's a yeah. there's a there's a tie to our today's feature. Talking about Blackwood. Talking about uh, the the producer and writer of this film long wanted to make a creature from the Black Lagoon film and then turned it into an Oscar winning film. So super zoom. Did it's, you mention what movie we're doing today? I don't know uh, if you mentioned it. No, nah, we're doing a movie called Don't Be Afraid of the Dark from the early two thousands film a well, film a film di- district release produced by as a, a Merrimack film, right? Originally, yeah. 
I was reading the mm-hmm. trivia on it, and uh, originally it was going to be with Miramax, and it still bears the moniker of Miramax, but sadly, Miramax had financial difficulties, so a smaller company called Film District released it. Yeah, are they still around? I, I don't know. They're not zoom in that hard. Feature debut of a young man named Troy Nixie. The director. A comic book artist and author turned filmmaker. Features a, a host of actors and actresses. Yeah, why don't you run through them here? Jack Hawkins. You got Bailey Madison. You got yeah. Guy, Guy Pierce. You have the homunculus. Is that what they're called, those things? Yeah. And then you have uh, one Katie Holmes. Yeah, Katie Holmes in this. She's kind of the lead in this. I guess uh, Bailey Madison is, but Katie Holmes is the likable character in this. And then it, and there's an actor in it um, who shows up sort of everywhere. Alan Dale kind of mm-hmm. shows up everywhere. Does he? Yeah. I was watching something after this and he showed up as like the captain of something. So Yeah, what's he what's his character in this? What's he what's, he is what's he, he, he works for like an architectural digest magazine, Charles Jake mm-hmm. Jacoby or Jacoby. Jacoby. Okay. This had you seen this movie before, Nick? This is this is not my first time. I've seen it once or twice. Yeah. And uh it's good. It's a, you know, it's I thought it'd be a good one to do. <clears throat> it's um Guillermo del Toro, you know, obviously friend of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote and, and produced this and uh, co-wrote it with uh, one Matthew Robbins. Oh, Matty Robbins. He's he's a big screenwriter right now. Well, he's old. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of another one then. He Matthew wrote, Robinson. Matthew Robbins wrote and directed Dragon oh. Slayer. I'm thinking of Ro- Matthew Robinson. He I did, So is he still killing it then? Is he? Is this? His, I, I, it, I, I, is this the, so this was based on a TV movie that came out in the 70s. That's kind of infamous. Yeah, I remember like a lot. Everybody shit their pants when that movie came out. I know my mom, my cousins would always like talk about it in hushed tones. Kim Darby, you know, yeah, it's one of it, True Grit. Mm-hmm. Yep, the originals. She didn't have a cameo in this. She's still mm-hmm. around. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Sister, of Ter- killed- Sister of Terrence, Terrence Trent. Trent. Yeah, she gets killed in a, a Halloween movie at some point. Kim Darby. Nice. Mm-hmm. I always had a fun, funny voice. Kim Darby, kind of interesting voice. Yeah, she looked like shit. I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> and in the in the original one, <clears throat> these creatures are in her in her house, and they want her to become one of them. And in the in the remake, it's a little less clear what the creatures' uh, wishes are, but they still get that. They still get to that ending, sort of. Yeah, they kind of took the character Ken Darby and split her into both Bailey and Kaylee, Katie Holmes's characters. Exactly, so, which does us all a favor. This movie starts out, I notice, with a big old white beard. So you know it's set in the past, set in like uh, I don't know when when it's this the beginning of this is, but it certainly looks like in like the 1800s, early 1900s or something. There's a lot of there's a manor, there's a maid dust in the bookshelves. You know, it's just tell me, it's tell me more about this beard. I think it starts with a dude walking with a gigantic white beard. I think that's the first shot. I think he and might then, be on a, a drawn carriage. No, is he? Yeah. And then it goes. So they're in this manor, and the, this 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 maid is she's dusting some shelves, and she gets called downstairs by her employer who is working in the basement, and um, he's acting weird. Let's just put it out there. She's a little nervous. Are you talking about because he's playing weird out like songs on his phonograph? Yeah, he's just being weird. He's generally creepy, and she starts walking down the stairs. And then he had like he sets up something to trip her on the stairs. She she falls. It works. Then he chisels out her teeth. That scene really messed people up. It's a tough one to see because this actress has very nice teeth, and to see a chisel up against those chompers, it's hard to. It's just hard. Teeth are hard for folks. Yeah. Teeth tooth damage. Let me zoom in. It's tough. Yeah. You know, and you get a you know he does. 
it's a it's an effective it's effective effectively gory without being that gory you know you, you hear the teeth get knocked out you just don't see it yes and um and then what the thing is this guy is like apologizing because he's got to feed he doesn't have any teeth either he's got to feed these teeth to some creatures that have kidnapped his son right and they live in this ash pit in the basement of this manor that's for sure and the, they reject the teeth yeah. They're not interested in the adult teeth. They want baby teeth. And uh, he gets zoomed, uh, sucked into this ash pit, unfortunately, <laughs> for his troubles. Yeah. And so, obviously, being who he is, Guillermo's a big guy on, on folklore and fairy folk and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he kind of built on that whole the tooth fairy legend built on these macabre tales of little creepies and... uh Kind of long for them to be the tooth fairy rather than the the current story. It's pretty great. Yeah, no, I, I that's the thing is he has he had some little creepers like this in like and he didn't direct the movie, but he, like you said, he wrote the screenplay and and produced it. Didn't he have some little tiny creepers in like Hellboy two like this? Yes, yeah, very similar. Well, he he had written this like a decade plus previously and it had, had just kind of gone into turnaround. And by the time the studio wanted to make it, he had kind of already told that story. He had done Pan's Labyrinth, which was, you know, a, a kid in peril. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, fairy folk. I mean, just go up and down the line. Obviously this is a way better movie, but um, so he felt, well, you wanted to, you know, it's definitely on brand for him. So he got somebody else to make it, you know, and that's right, right after he had started that whole where he like uh, did the orphanage, you know, he, he was kind of helping, debut uh some talent splice you know getting some oh, did he do you have a hand in splice i didn't I'm know pre- that. i'm pretty sure he did so well, that's cool you seem and, to know a lot about this film i i yeah i, mean, I covered it pretty extensively did you yeah uh, and and it's right in my alley you know creepers like little beasts in the in the dark huge fan sure. mm-hmm. uh, i love the the director and i were very good friends you know so it was pretty solid for sure what do you think about uh the reanimator style int- intro credits i mean that's pretty cool actually i liked it it felt it like did. it felt like reanimator to me with the music being how it was mm-hmm. yeah very gothic detroit detroit help design all that stuff because you said the director is he comes from uh he's an illustrator right isn't he like an artist he's a very good artist but i don't think he had anything mm-hmm. to do with that marco beltrami and buck sanders did the music beltrami is obviously mm-hmm. one of Guillermo's guys a lot but it definitely feels like reanimator to me and not in a bad way that's a that's a joy so after this prologue it comes you know we get we get ported to present day and we get to see guy pierce picking up his uh his daughter from the airport and he's got a questionable haircut nick you're being generous he looks like he is uh in the band oasis a little bit with his hair like uh, liam cunningham i noticed looking like he combed his hair with the rock nick <laughs> and this he means gallagher the oasis would be greatly improved with liam cunningham yeah his hair is very distracting in, in, in this movie his hair is a nightmare, and it looks like a Playmobil, like somebody snapped it on. So the weird the weird thing was I was so... His hair is strange throughout. It's a weird choice. I went in the credits. I fast-forwarded to the hair and makeup section. It said Guy Pierce's hair and makeup, the Alan Smithy. It's the first time I saw... <laughs> So it took their name. Anyways, that's very distracting. He's there with Katie Holmes, who's his girlfriend, or maybe, yeah, his fiance, but I think girlfriend, uh, picking up his daughter, who is none too pleased to be picked up by her dad. Right. She is there against her will. Her mom put her on the plane, and it's daddy time. Yeah. She's come to live with daddy, and she is not too pleased. And she is uh, in a pink coat and frowning, you know, sullenly pulling her luggage around that airport. She's not. She's not thrilled. 
uh, Melbourne, Australia, mm-hmm. doubling for Rhode Island in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she is used to living in, I believe, California and sent to Rhode Island to go live with her house redecorator father. You know, yeah, their daughter's bought a house and they are re with his with his uh, his girlfriend who is an architect, I think. She is, is she's the designer, interior she, designer, something. Yeah, and he's I guess he's sort of the genius behind it all. And uh, they are refurbing this old house. Unfortunately, we know the house hides a secret: little creatures that kidnap children and stuff old men uh, <laughs> down an ash pit and like to eat. Baby teeth. Yeah. Uh, and there's a, the plane is holding a secret at the beginning of the movie, too, though. What? Because we see this character of Sally that Bailey Madison plays is, like, drawing mm-hmm. these spirals and stuff like that in her notebook. She's an artist. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And sitting behind her on the plane is none other than Mr. Del Toro himself. He gets and, a little cameo in this, huh? And his then wife. Yeah, they're sitting right behind, you know, just kind of innocuous all. But we know. Oh, his, his ex-wife is with him, huh? The, at the wife at the time, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. His new wife co-wrote Nightmare Alley with him. Did she really? Yep. Is she a, a screenwriter? I guess. I guess I sort of yeah I buried the yeah, lead. I mean, is she was she a screenwriter before? This is her first movie? I, I she, didn't was, she was. She was. She was. She was. To look her up, Kim Morgan. Oh, I recognize that name. Uh, maybe I'm recognizing it though from the X Files. It's not the same Kim Morgan. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. So there, that house does hold a mysterious secret. Yeah, hold hold creepers. Yeah, the little beasts of the night. And but the good news is they're at bay because it's been sealed. The ash yeah. pit has been sealed. They've been restoring this place. And actually, they don't even know there's a basement there somehow, even though it's pretty obvious. You know, we get to discover as an audience with this family that there is a, a whole shitload of assholes underneath this house. Yeah. So yeah, that's the thing is old Bailey or old Sally is just she's not having a good time no matter what daddy throws at her. Uh, Katie Holmes throws a, a bear at her like, you know, here's a present. She doesn't like it. Um, they can't cheer her up. She just doesn't want to eat dinner. She wants to go to her room. She doesn't want to bond with, you know, she accuses her dad of, or, you know, are you going to marry this, this B word? Like she doesn't like Katie Holmes immediately. And um, she's just having a bummer time. And you know what? It doesn't get better for her. She has a worse time later. <laughs> she does. She, but she's got a cool bed. Yeah, her bed is so? fanciful. You think so? Yeah. I'd love to zoom that. in. I'm going to zoom in real quick. Yeah. You picked up on this. Divorce is tough on kids. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Luke and Leia, Kylo Ren. I mean, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the, as as this kid is barely s- settling in, there's there's whispers, there's whispers, tiny evil whispers in the house. Sound kind of cute, saying her name is Sally. Her name is Sally. And here's the thing: creatures already zooming in as soon as she gets in. They're already taking notes. <laughs> She's got a yep. huge pink coat. And the bear like, says, uh, the bear says, I love you. And the uh, uh, guy, they, I like when the creature's like, his hair is weird. He's got a weird haircut. <laughs> We're not really in Rhode Island. <sighs> so I noticed, so before they find this basement, because Sally runs into the into this, the back of the house and then sees, kind of stumbles into a bush and sees like a hidden window that leads to this basement. Um, and then the, and then the housekeeper, the house, the groundskeeper pulls her out of the bushes and, you know, the family's freaking out, whatever. There's a ring of mushrooms or toadstools. Yeah. That she walks through that's like kind of a fairy, I guess. Anyway, fairy somebody circle. on the eye, what is it? It's a fairy circle. Fairy circle. Someone noticed that she disturbs it. They walk through it or the groundskeeper walks through it. But then they, when they sh- go back to it, it is, it is intact. And they called it a goof, Nick, on the IMDb trivia. But is it a goof or is it magic? 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think there's a question here. Basically, there's a toadstool toadstool ring truther on the internet. He won't be satisfied until he gets to the bottom of this controversy. Someone took the time to type that one in there. I thought it was was interesting. This movie doesn't make any mistakes, so I would say that the fairy circle repaired itself. There you go. It's airtight, um, airtight feature. Yeah, and then Guy, Sli- you know, it, it, he starts to when Guy Pierce is thrilled because is there more space in this house that he already loves? He starts, he starts sledgehammering through a wall to get to a weirdly intricate looking door. Yeah, that leads to a dusty basement. He's thrilled. He's he's clicking his heels. Yep, can't wait. And it's it's huge down there. And there's weird. Sh- and this is of course where where Mister Blackwood at the beginning of the film took that. Mm-hmm housekeeper out exactly Mm -hmm. but it looks it looks a little different during the daytime little creep little weird creepy dusty shit down there mouse skeleton you know right and there's like a dollhouse like just sitting there just a covered a huge covered painting that they'll later reveal to be creepy you know things like that but i think they don't they immediately open the ash pit too they can't wait to get in there for some reason no when they do this sally's curious by it and then she does she goes back and fingers it open and then that that's that's where the creatures live. So then now they're free, you know. Yeah, they can't wait to crawl out and create havoc. They're like little gremlins. They are. They're the they're the most dialogue in the film is given to these guys, which is a very yeah. strange a strange choice to me. Right. That they have the lion's share of the dialogue, but they are sort of like gremlins, and they have their own set of rules. You know, they don't necessarily they don't want to be found. You know, they know that their discovery would lead to some bad shit. Well, they stay out of sight, except they kind of reveal themselves a little bit to Sally. They And Sally's delighted. Like, she thinks it's fun to have some friends in the house. It's like, it's the, it's the thing that finally gets her to turn that frown upside down. And, you know, they animate her a little bear for her. Um, but then they are also, like prone to like getting her in trouble like so they'll they'll shred the bear or they'll do something weird and then the parents are like why'd you do this and she's taking the fall for these creatures mm-hmm. like at one point the the creatures take scissors to a, a dress that katie holmes is going to wear to an event and you know sally gets the the blame for it you know mm-hmm. and then i i noticed that there's a scene when she gets upset she's like i didn't i didn't shred your dress i didn't touch your dress she says as she's hugging katie holmes or I didn't touch her clothes mm-hmm. as she's hugging. That's my goof. As she's hugging Katie Holmes, she's touching clothes, man. Come on. I'm putting that in the <laughs> and then, and, tonight. And then it, it's revealed that um, Katie Holmes planted the scissors in her bedroom and because she wanted her to get blamed for Guy Pierce's haircut. <laughs> yeah, do you think the creatures had something to do with that haircut? I never <laughs> thought of that before. Are they in there at night just taking random snips out of his hair i did guy pierce think it was cool like his hair i think he was thrilled with it you did know? you ask him no that's not the kind of thing you ask australian legend guy pierce oh yeah zoom i got to, I, I i got to visit this movie i got to visit the set of this movie let me zoom in i had to zoom in real quick yeah your name's on the credits of this movie <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see that oh at the end though mm. not not in the important section okay so we have to get to the scene where the groundskeeper knows something's bad when they reveal this he's bummed out that they find this basement and he goes down there to to to, to shut that ash pit he's gonna just hammer it shut because he doesn't want them damn creatures out fortunately the creatures like to be out they like the pit <laughs> open and they instead take all his tools and jab him uh, in the ankles and they stab him in the shoulder they stab him in the gut they do all sorts of craziness to him they scrape him and he gets out there he spills out he gets upstairs spills out and then they call an ambulance he's in the hospital and they called an accident nick they said he had an accident yeah it was 
He stabbed like 80 times. Yeah, but by homunculus. That's an accident. You know, those little guys are not, they're not on purpose. Those things just. I'm surprised he didn't die. Well, the, the thing I do like, these these creeps aren't like super strong. They're not, they're, they're very they're soft not. and soft, doughy little assholes. And they could wield, you know, a, a, a razor and stuff like that, but they don't have the ability to do some major damage. So yeah, they're, I, they're, they're, they're overwhelming and they're motivated. Right. Yeah. And they're, and they're unearthly. Like they're, they're just really creepy to look at. I think they would throw you off your game were you to interact with them. I just like their design. I think they actually look cool. Like little um, mole, mole rats. Yeah. I wish there was more time with the creatures. Like I kind of like the creatures. So I kind of wish I kind of, I'm on their side a little bit. I do like Katie Holmes in this movie too. So I don't want her to take the loss, which she eventually does. But you know, I, I wouldn't mind to see their, why don't they show them down there, you know, kicking back down in the ash pit, just you know, yep. wait, wasting time or tucked into their beds. That would have been cute. <laughs> they have little beds down there? I would hope, yeah. What do they do down there? I like, hope they're. I hope it's like a chi- child's skull and, you know, the jaw, like the jaw is like a little detached and they got, you know, they got the rest like of the Like a recliner. On. The jaw is yeah. their ottoman, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, just give me something. I love to see their habitat because they keep showing how how deep down it is. And does it keep going? Are they in hell? Like, is it? It does go down. It goes down in good ways. Yeah. Yeah. And God knows there's got to be. See, there was a book that came out in connection. They got an OLED down there. (laughs) 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 They got Oculus. Two or what? What do they got down They've there? got a very creepy, tiny television. The uh, There was a companion book that came out to this that was a little bit more of a fairy tale kind of thing. I think it went more into detail with all the beasts down there because it's not just homunculus, you know? There's other... Is down there? There's some other badasses down there. So you you must have this book. Somewhere, yeah, probably. But it, I don't... Was, I don't, it, I don't, was I, it a rap? Was it a rap gift or... I think it was Christopher Golden. Uh, somebody good did it anyway. Um, I will say... I'm going to zoom in about this groundskeeper before he gets... He gets the whole toolbox inserted into his body. <laughs> um, it looks like a pain in the ass to put that ash the ash uh, ash pit door back on. It does. It looks. I would give up. You know, he he's really fooling with it before he starts to get scraped and scratched and poked and prodded. And it doesn't look easy. Well, he's got an ugly flashlight. He's in the dark. He's a little. He's a little weirded out. It's not mm-hmm. the ideal working conditions. He should have said, "You know what? Maybe I'll wait till morning when there's right. a beam of light kicking ass through here." He, that I that's think he did do it during the day, though. Zoom yeah. in. It was dark it as is. hell. It's dark in the basement always. There's a giant window. Up I know, but it's still dark. It's still it's still it's still crusty light. Right. <laughs> I would throw some like light tape. You, know, you can go to the Home Depot or to Lowe's or whatever and get that the tape that has lights on it. Yeah. I put it. I put that down there. Yeah, just get some easy lighting down there. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good call. The movie would have been improved by it. That's Jack Hawkins, Cleeg Lars himself. I can't believe Cleeg in this and out of the wheelchair. By the way, mm-hmm. you, you said he should be searching for lights. What are the best lights there are? Cleeg lights. You're right. Nice. Mm-hmm. Now here's the thing. Sally's surrounded by uh, her dad. He, he, he her mom is bad. Her dad is bad. She's got terrible parents, but the one person in her life that she starts to kind of bond with is the person that she resisted at first, which is Katie Holmes' character. Is it is her is her name Kim? Yes, after Kim Darby. Super. And so, and Kim goes to the hospital to visit the groundskeeper because she is like something's not adding up. You know, this accident's weird. You know, and she walks in. I remember she walks in. And the groundskeeper is like in traction on the belly. He's all wrapped up. 
she walks in and she's like, I heard you got rocked. <laughs> what happened? Jack Hawkins um, does his best Nick Nolte in this movie. Yeah. Because he is guttural as nut. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's seen it. He's seen the worst and lived to tell the tale, you know? He saw the Miramax thing kind of change. Yeah, I see. There is a... a Guy Pierce is getting his daughter ready for her bath. He's got a stack of tail, towels and balanced on top of the towels in a very, very beautifully placed rubber ducky. Mm-hmm. Like it's just very, it's just proper rubber ducky placement. I thought, yep, you know, very cinematic, obviously, right? Yeah, you know, what would you do? You tuck that thing under your into your armpit or something as you're carrying the towels. But my, Mouth, my I'd, man, I'd, I'd mouth it. <laughs> No way that duck ain't mouthed. <laughs> but Pierce is balancing. Now, if you can maybe speak to this, is that a CGI rubber ducky atop those CGI towels that he's <laughs> holding? Is that were you on set that day? He uh, actually went to a uh, you know he went to a training facility. Del Dai was on set. Was he? <laughs> yeah, shouting commands. You know, mm-hmm. fold those towels. Fold that duck. Katie Holmes goes to the library after this and she encounters a very hip librarian <laughs> just a young and little harry potter lookalike or whatever and he's like you thought you knew what librarians a cliche librarian look like think again i'm 28 yeah i, I work out and dapper i had mucilage yeah. today and he is he shows her the blackwood section like she the the this guy had donated his works to the library and he's like, no one ever comes to check these things out, but you're going to. And she starts paging through his uh, collection, the Blackwood collection, and she sees a bunch of creeper drawings and she's like, "Uh oh, this isn't good. It looks bad. Yeah, I'm just going to just going to wait for you to respond to my awesome interpretation of this scene. <laughs> yeah, there's some she's looking at some cool art, but it's a warning, Nick. Okay, yes, it is a warning, but I don't like the fact that this it, we she found the one Blackwood fanboy on Earth, and he happens right. to work at this library. Yeah, but uh, so what's the warning? Well, she starts. Well, she she says uh, to Guy Pierce that there's some creepers. Uh, Sally's right. Like you know that she was kind of telling us that some weird things are going on. We're not listening to her, but she's right. I think there's some monsters, and you know Guy Pierce is like, why are you telling me this? We got stuff to do. We got real life to deal with. I'm not, I don't want to listen about some creepers. Yeah, he's not a Architectural Digest is coming, for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. And so Sally runs away, of course. Which which was <clears throat> very strange because he's a very aloof about her running away. Doesn't really care. He hasn't doesn't really care about his daughter. He's got his eyes on the prize, which is he wants to I think sell this house or do something with it. Like he wants to show it off at least. I don't oh, really know oh, what's he, going oh, on. He I wants can't to, zoom in. He wants to flip it, man. He wants to flip that house. Yeah. And he also yeah. wants to keep Katie Holmes in amazing sweaters because that's she is wearing some very nice sweaters throughout this movie. They don't get any. Do they get any romantic scenes in this? They get a little passionate. There's a very weird scene where he's on the bed, awkwardly on the bed, looking at a magazine. He's like moving the choreography. He's moving around the bed all weird. So it made me think that maybe they hadn't their love was not a a hearth. You know, it was more of like a a chilly convenience. Did he flop on top of her at any point? No, no. There's an anal scene, but other than no. I'm just wondering. I'm trying to think. Did he he get a smooch in? Did she kiss his hair? Anything like that (laughs) happened? They hold hands in this. I wanted some human warmth. Like what? Where's the? <laughs> did he put his arm around her? I don't remember. But she's got a very comfortable sweater on. She does. Yeah. She she's the like she's the one that's doing the investigation. Like she's but, the one that thinks they're in danger. But but Sally. there is some familial warmth. If you notice, mm-hmm. the the Blackwood homunculi always puts its arm around 
the homunculi of his son. Is that is that is that true? Yeah, they're 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 a unit. Those two. Yeah, because Blackwood is a one of these creatures now. They yeah, kind well, of he's like the he's the featured homunculi. Yeah, homunculi, when you get whatever. sucked down there, you become a shrunken. You know, they small you. Yeah, they yeah. small. <laughs> They small you, which, and so anyway, all this horrible stuff's happening. Uh, you know, uh, the groundskeeper's been stabbed eighty times. Uh, <laughs> Sally's hair is now white from, you know, from fright. And Guy Pierce gives her a Polaroid camera to make up for it all. And she's like, "All right, I like a Polaroid. Ask for a phone, but this will work." She's like, and, he's um, like, "I got two rules: you buy your own film, and no photos of no photos of my hair." <laughs> and he and she's like, "Is this?" What what's special? She he's like this is a special camera, and she says what's so special about it? And he says never runs out of film. You can shoot one hundred times and don't have to reload. <laughs> I did notice that it's like mm-hmm. an eighties pistol, right? That's a zoom. So anyway, they have a party where he's showing off his house to his, uh, and they have dinner and everything, and she's creeping around that that party like a tiny photog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, like a pap. She's yeah. papping out that party. She keeps shooting pics. Yep. Um, and but- the best thing happens. <laughs> she accidentally almost or she she gets a great shot of one of the creatures uh and it's 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 in a plant and she is thrilled as she, as she's trying to get her polaroid to develop she sets it down and the creatures have a plan yeah, they destroy course. the evidence they know about cameras they destroy the evidence in the best way they work together <laughs> yeah and it works and then and then they kind of gloat about it <laughs> i love it they're cute they they had me, you know. I wouldn't like it if they were in my house, but in someone else's house, I'm listening, you know. I anyway, like. She keeps. Uh, ahead, pro- yeah. It would be different though, because I would be happily prying the teeth out of neighborhood childs. That's the thing that, that is kind of weird about this one is they need they need children's teeth, right? Right. That's at least they say they do. I never see them gnawing on a tooth in this. Do you? Do they ever snack on teeth? Yeah. You hear a tell of it, but I mean, look. Teeth, kids' teeth are falling out all the time. You don't have to do any damage. Just wait. It's like a wait for it to drop like in a vending machine. Yeah, you know. I think there's probably a sensation of it of it being fresh. You know, right, you right, think so? right, you... right, right from the face. You think so? Yeah. There's a little expiration date date on a fallen tooth. <laughs> I guess I didn't know. I yeah. like you're really zooming in. Yeah, but th- but I have this this uh, this feeling that down there there's like a little homunculi room where they're dry aging the teeth. You know. <laughs> yeah grass-fed you know <laughs> well that's what's so strange about this movie i think is that i feel like the creature's ultimate goal is to they you know to get to get people to become one of their number right uh, but 100%. they throw me off with the with the teeth thing like oh I, they need baby teeth they need kid teeth it's like they have too many tooth they just kept it to one well i mean you know they're fairy folk they have a complex existence all right give me give, explain this to me I don't know what it is. I'm just saying it's complex. What's the third thing? Do they also have another yeah. desire that they want to see that they want to see Katie Holmes and Guy Pierce at least have some human contact? Yeah, that's you know? their that's their crypto. That's their third. <laughs> they gotta keep waiting. Anyway, so the party's ruined because Sally locks herself into it. Well, they she gets locked into the library. The creatures start going absolutely apeshit and you know. And she's taking pictures left and right. She actually ends up smashing one of them, which is pretty cool. She fights back. But anyway, she's screaming in there, and Guy Pierce can't get in. She's ruining the party. And he finally gets in the door, and um, party's over. Party's ruined. Yeah. Katie Holmes is like, we got to get out of here. It's some weird shit's happening here. Finally, Guy Pierce is listening. To an extent, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, 
he gets fucked up though. Like they they make his day shit. Well, he's got they split up. So uh, Kim's got a pack, I think, and get Sally's shit. Guy Pierce has to go start the car, get the car ready, and the creatures are on it. They already fucked the car up, <laughs> and then they trip him off the car and of knock course. him out. Of course, yeah. They keep trying to stab his eye through keyholes too. That's a big. That's a big desire of theirs. They want to keep stabbing his face. That's like through a keyhole. Very early on at the ash pit, they try and they fail miserably. But then they try to get in his in his ear because he hears a voice or something, and then they try to do his eye and his face. They they keep missing. They, they don't I think miss. they eventually do. They do eventually scratch his face. Don't yeah, they? They, they get his cheek. Yeah, they get his cheek a little bit. And then of course we start to really see the creeps. And then of course what happens? The, they what they're back to their old tricks. They Kim goes downstairs cuz they they get Sally. They start dragging Sally toward the ash pit and then Kim intervenes but she doesn't she trip? Don't they have a little Or is that Sally that trips? Maybe it's Sally that trips. They 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 do they do their tripping. That's the they have one trick. Yeah. Is the booby trap the stairs. I don't know if it's Kim or is it I think it's Kim that gets knocked yeah, out. Yeah, she falls down the stairs. Yeah. That's the worst thing that happens to her in this movie. Well, that's not true. Yeah, the lack of affection. You're right. But I love the creeps are really out in full display during these sequences. There's some really beautiful shots of these little yeah, they get a and they, they rig a pulley system to get to get the little child down to the basement, which I think was very um what's the word I'm looking for? It's just industrious, innovative. Yeah, industrious will work. Yeah. yeah, it's hot. And then Katie Holmes, like, as the pulley system's dragging old Sally to the ash pit, she decides to wrap the pulley system around her leg to stop it, and that doesn't work out quite right for her. Yeah, what I'm wondering is, why are they taking the entirety of Sally? I mean, if they just need her teeth, makes me wonder what else they need. No, I don't think they just need her teeth. That's what's confusing. They want the whole Sally to then shrink her down into one of them, I guess. Which I would love to see this process. I'd like to think that there's a cute little, it's like they put her in an oven like a shrinky dink or they, you know, there's some, some sort of cute method where you're shrunken, you know? Yeah. I'd, if I was Katie Holmes, I'd be at the, the very tippy top of those stairs going, I'm sorry, Sally, it's too late. <laughs> this sucks for you, but I am not coming down there because. Because I got a I'm closet so... full of, of size two clothing. I don't need a size negative six. You know, I don't, I can't get a new wardrobe. I'm not going <laughs> to anyway, so small. She. Katie Holmes gets leg broken backwards and then gets pulled into the ash pit, unfortunately. <laughs> and you think she's done. But at the end of the movie, you hear her little voice come out from the ash pit. She is now one of the these creatures. She still has her own voice, which is it love fit, to see a little. I, <laughs> you think she's in transformation stage still? I, like I think, still... Uh, yeah, she hasn't hit homuncular puberty yet or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Once you get your pubes, you, you, you start to sound like one of those little... Because Blackwood didn't sound like him too much. Mm-mm. No, he just screams all the time. Yeah, I guess they do whisper. Anyway, she's like talking about how they can't wait. She kind of sounds like she's like the mom figured all these little bat those little baddies now, and she's like she's kind of the leader. But she, she doesn't some say ominous shit. She doesn't say that they, they can't wait. They said they have all the time in the world. Right, but they're waiting for other people to move in, right? Because the house is foreclosed upon. I noticed. Did you know who who? Uh, who is in charge of the foreclosed home? Troy Nixie. Contact Troy Nixie's then girlfriend, Michelle Storms. That's his. Uh, that was his fiance. That's his name. That was That's her name. name. Yeah, That's, they're not together. They're not. Um, it's a cool name. Yeah, I love. There's a couple of zooms I really like. First of all, I love the fact that one of the one of the things that creatures say through the grates is send the children down here, which is spoiler alert. That's their whole plan, and then. There's a scene where she, Sally, is forced to speak with a psychiatrist, and she zooms in on why kids can't draw good. Did you remember that part? Mm-mm. They can't do feet and hands. 
Uh oh. It's like it's like, and and it's true. It is a very difficult thing for people to draw. I, I don't think it, I don't know if it's difficult. I think kids get bored by feet and hands. I disagree. I think it's just hard because we're we know our, our hands like the back of our hands, so we could spot a, a fake. You know, yeah. that's why Rob Liefeld always got into trouble because he his feet and hands always sucked. Did did you think it? Does was he like self taught? Is that what happened? He just didn't self teach himself to do like he didn't go the whole route. Because he wasn't, was he a terrible artist, like, period, or was just the feet and hands? That was pretty terrible. Yeah. Is he still doing it? He's he's very wealthy. Nice guy? I don't know. I can't imagine he's a shithole. You, you meet him? No. In I your d- travels? No. He, was, he wasn't my image guy. My image guy was always Eric Larson. Give me a little behind the scenes of this film. You ain't getting any anecdotes? What do you want to know, man? I just, this is a big, this is a big deal for you. This was. How did you feel during this period? I mean, it was it was it was lovely. It was lovely to it's exciting, right? It wasn't supposed to be this. Troy Troy had made a um a short film that was amazing called Latchkey's Lament. It took him like five years to make, and I had become friends with Troy. I don't even remember how it all started, but we became tight. And whenever I'd go to Vancouver, we'd hang out, and there was a circle of friends there that I kind of you know, met and got to know well there. I'm still friends with them, like Chris Donaldson and Kari Andrews, and they're great, great guys. When he finished Latchkey, I, you know, I was close friends with Guillermo, and I said, man, I want to show this to him because I think he'd love it. And we were working on this idea called Simple Machines um, with uh, the producers of Zodiac. And I was like, I bet you, I bet you Guillermo would, might want to put his name on it or help us or and he liked he liked latchkey and he liked troy so much that he he thought he would be good for this but yeah it it was it's you know it's it's a very peculiar movie because it's it's not like it's not like other movies it's it's got this weird innocence to it it's really kind of small and um hyper focused on its mythology and all that got an r rating where it didn't deserve one uh, which hurt it, even though it did end up turning a profit. But yeah, it didn't. It didn't need. It. I mean, if it came out today, I'd, it would not get an R rating for sure. Like it's right. There's no. Like cor- why did it get it? It got an R rating because of child endangerment. That's Ch- what it said. Child endangerment. Yeah. I mean, there's no smoking. There's no curse words. There's no sex, and there's very little gore. Oh, there's definitely no sex. <laughs> yeah, we saw that for sure. I mean, there's not even a shoulder rub. <laughs> That's true. But uh, there's a hundred sex down there in that pit. <laughs> um. <laughs> but uh no it's 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 you know and and it's it has a following how long were you there uh, when that was shooting uh, like f- three and a half weeks now did you what did you do i uh i, I cast uh evil glances at people you know to, to graft myself to guillermo basically and learn from him because i was, was guillermo co- there during the shoot he was there during a good portion of it yeah he was yeah. prepping the hobbit in new zealand at the time and uh he he came he came quite a bit to melbourne to work on it almost the entirety of the time i was there gilmore was there but um was it is it weird watching this because you and what, what what are some of the scenes you were there for if you're there I, for three or four weeks uh i was the most memorable there was a, so the scene where um the creature is under the covers yeah that's a cool that's a that was in the trailer right the, so they had this giant uh i took a picture of it it's on my facebook somewhere but i took a picture there was like this giant table with the blanket on it you know they did it was done at a different scale and they and they filmed under this giant blanket I remember when they were filming that. That was really cool. The effects people were off doing their thing. And uh, the scene where, um, the whole scene where they break through the wall and go downstairs, the, the scene where she reveals the the poster, you know, the the mural. Yeah, yeah, the, the mural. Um, yeah. A, lot of the, a lot of the stuff with Sally in her room, a lot of stuff with Hawkins. There's uh, There was some some uh, attack stuff. It was, it was all over the place. The funny thing is, is like, so this house, they filmed some of it on the studio where they had just finished shooting the masterpiece Knowing. <laughs> 
and the oh, and, some people like that movie. And then the uh, the Pacific had also just shot there. The Band of Brothers the thing. HBO show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so half of it was being shot. Most of it was being shot on the studios there in Melbourne. But the house mm. exterior was, you know, half an hour away or whatever. And they built a facade and all that. And the, and the koi pond and all that stuff and the and the, and the the hedges they'd built on that location. But it was funny because that beautiful house, it was all a set. So you'd walk into the, the real house and there was just a regular house inside. Uh, but the, the set that they built, that ornate staircase yeah. and all that stuff and I mean, it was all done. You could walk around that house, and it felt like you were in an actual house there. It was really cool. Looks like the a little bit like the Fright Night house, that part a little bit. Yeah, I could see that, yeah. The big, yeah, anyway. But um, it was it was lovely. Do you have any interactions with uh, Guy Pierce's uh, people, his hair, his hair and makeup? No. All, uh, the thing I, I was impressed about him was he drove himself to set every Did day. He? And he was he was very he was nice to everybody. He seemed to really appreciate where he was, and he he didn't seem to take it for granted. Mm-hmm. And, That's Ka- cool. and Katie Holmes was awesome. She's uh, good in the movie. She is. Uh, every I mean, it was a, it was a lovely lovely uh, experience. You know, it was. And then I I was able to shepherd a whole a whole mess of film journalists who we flew to the set. Who um I I you, you, know, you probably knew a lot of them, right? I mean, I, I picked them. Yeah, there were people that I all yeah. picked, and they um. And they got to see the shooting of the film and interview all the people and all that. And unfortunately, the film got delayed so much because of various things. It ended up getting its ass kicked by Columbiana opening weekend. <laughs> well, what, uh, one of your favorites, though. That's the Actually, I, I, I do like that movie, actually. I can't remember it too well, but I, Zoe Saldana, right? Yeah, and I'll watch, yeah. Her, I'll watch her do anything. God, man, how how old is Zoe Saldana now? I bet you she's probably, I would say, thirty eight. Think she thinks she's in her forties. Yeah, she's forty three. Yeah, but she was thirty eight when you asked me the question. <laughs> she's cool. I like her. I just saw her husband. Ugh, look at this douche. Handsome. Looks like a douche. They got. Th- they got- has a podcast. Lucky. Were you doing the? Were we doing the? We weren't yet, right? Were we doing that? Yeah, we were. Yeah, we do. Chud Show yeah, podcast during yeah. this. Yeah, it was so funny because, you know, this got to meet got to meet Surrey, Surrey Cruz. Got to get uh, have cupcakes with Tom Cruise. Get cupcakes with him? What is this? Whoa, what? They brought cupcakes one day to set a whole mess of cupcakes. Got to go to the the Crown Casino with with the whole gang there. Didn't you see it sit on a screening of the movie and Tom Cruise is in the audience? Yep. And then he he loved it, right? Like he's yeah. such a huge movie fan, right? Yep. Yeah, he yeah. was with the kids. Yeah, I, I was really impressed with some of the. Uh, there was a lot of really b- beautiful stuff. The guys that were doing the effects, the concept art, the the creatures themselves. They were. It was astonishing work. There was. You there said were, those guys went on to do big work, right? No, that was on Simple Machines. But um, they're already big names. And and I actually I got to meet uh, Sia, who I love, a musician. Um, she, how do you wait a minute? How what? You never told me this. I bumped into her at the airport, and I was thrilled because you said hi to her oh yeah because i was a big fan uh, of zero seven and her stuff with them we also i remember we went to the effects house it was called the laura it got to see the digital work that was being done and that was astonishing and then when i mean there was there was a lot there was i got to see like the process pieces of the process from from the beginning to the very end and that was really cool uh and and i guillermo had been so kind with me on hellboy 2 and with uh pan's labyrinth and stuff so that i you know there's a lot of overlap there didn't you get your first kindle or something during this i'm sure 
store. I know it sounds like a dumb memory, but I think, I think someone gave it one to you during this and you were thrilled. That sounds I, that's just... a, that sounds about right. And it was so funny because you want to talk about humility. You know, this was a labor of love like for everybody involved. It was not a, a lucrative film for anybody that was involved in it. I was trying to juggle whatever Chud was at the time. And that was kind of a, not the th- most happy situation. And I remember right. I flew, I, I got to go, My I, I think it was right after my son was born. 2010, I mean, yeah. Rocco. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, my son had just been born. I, I fly to Melbourne. I'm gone for two, three weeks, whatever it is. And I come back high on that experience. And immediately I had to get on a plane and go to Puerto Rico to be a chud reporter for the losers. Which you also love, though. You love that said visit, right? Yeah, I did. I did. And Zoe Saldana. I should have said, are you going to kick our ass in a few years? <laughs> but um, no, but it was so funny because what a, it was such a roller coaster. That's the thing I remember. I'm sure it was. Yeah. It's like over the course of the years, we had so many projects that almost got made or didn't get made or things just, you know, worked out or didn't, you know, but that was, that was sort of, that was supposed to be like the, the first step. And it was, it was funny that it was, it was it. We got to do it's a hall H at Comic-Con, mm-hmm. you know, and that was a real, we got to debut the film there, debut the trailer. And we were in the biggest room. I was speaking to 9,000 people, I think. And it was me and Guillermo and uh, Mark Johnson uh, and Troy Nixie. I don't think Mark was on the stage, but it was Troy and Guillermo and myself. And that was cool to me, you know, to see the go from like just a, a, a whim of an idea on the page that was sort of this dormant project to the to, to the development process, which was a headache, a lot of strange, you know, developments over the course of the pre-production, and then the production, and then the post-production, and the marketing. I got to see a little bit of everything. It was a great experience, but it certainly didn't jazz me about the industry. You know, like it was like as much as it was great, it just seems right. like there are so many forces conspiring against you. And if you're not a legendary talent, I could see how you get right. crushed. I mean, Troy hasn't directed a movie since, and I know he's tried. It's this was good. I mean, this is a good movie, I think, and it's. It's be it, it's it's a very nicely shot movie. It looks looks nice. I love the creatures. I love that I get a special thanks in the credits. It's very nice of you to put me in there. Wait, did you not? Pizza in there? Yeah, I didn't get in. How did I know? I was so supportive during this time. I remember I was your rock. <laughs> <laughs> I said, uh, "What are you doing?" What's going on over there? Tell you what, though, I um, fell in love with uh, Melbourne. You did, yeah. You, you I was, uh, I was looking at my Apple TV thing, and I was cycling through previously watched. And uh, would you like to continue? Episode six of The Mentalist came up, <laughs> <laughs> so I made it six. You, ep- I made it six episodes. So. You did, yeah, yeah. And that show went on for a long time. And I, I I'm, and I, I rewatched the first two when I was uh, on the road. This holds up. That's one of my. That's one of my favorite genres of TV is the is the character that that thinks outside the box, does it unorthodox to unlock yeah. the secrets of the of the of the criminal. They should try that with a doctor. <laughs> yeah. So Red John, did you watch any of that run? You always uh, talk about Red John. Yeah. Well, the, I think episode five or six is a huge revelation. It's a copycat of Red John because they put the smiley face on the wrong wall, and so he deduces. He mentalizes that it, it, it's it's not Red John because Red John needs you to see that smiley face right when you get in the room. You know? Right. And, and that Red John put it behind you, which doesn't do you any favors. I can't wait to find out what, what becomes of that. Yeah, yeah. you got it. That's a, certainly a COVID watch, the mentalist, to get through that whole, like a binge, the whole mentalist, like the 14 seasons of the mentalist or however long it was. Yeah. Matt Siren Baker got paid. Like he was on CBS forever. Yeah. <laughs> He's With his beautiful hair and his, thinking about crimes. Yeah, his slow. Slightly, his pure face, you know. He's got a good name, Simon Baker. I like it. Isn't he Australian? He's from some foreign land. He's Australian. He was in Land of the Dead. 
Is it Ellie Kampf? Who's in two years young? Margin Just call. Newly divorced from Rebecca Rigg. Oh no. Yeah, they didn't make it. Uh yeah, it was Margin. Let's see what he's doing here, old old Simon B. Yeah, he's still killing it. Still he's he's still the mentalist ended in 2015, Nick. Ran for eight seven seven years. Good. It's a good run. He's in. He, he's working on Blaze right now, which is something that you just don't know. But he's. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, he's still out there doing his thespian stuff. I love it. You heard Not that, that much. You heard that JJ picked up the rights to uh, Billy Summers. JJ Abrams. Yeah. No, I didn't. I know he's a Stephen King uh, fan, though. Dipping his toe back in the King. Yeah. I didn't. But you said you like that book, right? I'm halfway through it, and I like it. Yeah. yeah. And somebody is doing uh, later. With uh, Lucy Liu as the uh, female cop, like a t- isn't it a t- TV? I don't know, thing? but uh, I love uh, I love that book. Lucy Liu, I really I love Lucy yeah. Liu. I, but she is so not right for that role, uh, you know, just based on what I read. But I would I would have cast somebody like a um, you know like a big name like uh, Donna Derrico or um... <laughs> I mean you had me at Donna Derrico. <laughs> Playboy's own, right? Playboy's own. Yeah, good. Yeah. Is she Baywatch? I think so, yeah. What about Eric? Maybe Eric or a Connie Britton, maybe white actress. You're saying <laughs> you would cast white actress? Connie Britton's great. She's got great hair. She's got red hair. Connie Britton. Yeah, I like her hair. I don't like Guy Pierce's hair, but I like hers. It's Guy Pierce. He fixed it after this, right? This is the one time he went weird with the hair, and other, every other time afterwards, he was fine, right? He could be heard storming off the set saying, "I look like a Playmobil." <laughs> And in your case, heard and seen. Anyway, no. Yeah, remember, was, you told me at one point that he was carrying some boxes, or you're carrying some boxes, and made a joke. I remember that you told me about uh, something. You told me a little anecdote on stuff that I sort of remember. I don't remember this. Yeah, he was like carrying. You made some joke, probably like he's carrying a box. You're like Guy Pierce, more like Guy carries a box. <laughs> Across the room. Yeah. Is that what the joke was? And he laughed. Remember you guys then you guys front you fronted him on Facebook. I, I was like I was like, how does it feel to know that your name ruined the original title of Brokeback Mountain? <laughs> <laughs> you should you guys didn't stay in touch, huh? No, he could care less. You know, it's he was very nice. Uh he was not you know, he didn't really camp out on us. You know, he just he was there and he, he left. But Katie Holmes was actually Rather charming and very uh, available, you know. And- fitting, fitting name f- for her character at the end, <laughs> Katie Holmes. You know, I mean, she certainly homebody, way down and deep in the <laughs> belly of the home. <laughs> I zoom in. I just watched her in Go. I watched some of Go the other day, and she's in that movie with Timothy Oliphant. She's kind of a fun, fun in that movie. Yeah, it's a tough. I kind of like Go. You don't, huh? I'm just afraid it's going to be too cute. I haven't watched it in a long time. Isn't Scott Wolf and that Desmond guy in that? Scott Wolf is in it. That, Maybe it does. Desmond is Desmond askew. Yeah, yeah I remember. In it. I remember he was annoying. Yeah, but he's he, he's the one that gets Jay Moore in that. Jay Moore, Scott Wolf's uh, partner and lover in that, I believe. Nice. Um, William Fickner in this. Yeah, Sarah Pauly. Bre- um, Brecken Meyer. Brecken Meyer might be in there. So I, there's a movie that Doug Lyman did that I, I, I'd forgotten that he had done. And I was scrolling through iTunes, seeing what was on sale. And, mm-hmm. and that movie, whatever that movie was, was on there. And there was a director's cut. Chaos Walking? No, no, no. Uh, it was something that I really I did not know he directed. And it's something I don't think I've seen. He's directed a lot of good stuff. Like, it's I know. So weird that's how, the thing is, like, he's he, so, 
he somehow he made did, like the first born uh, born movie. He did like Edge of Tomorrow, Edge of Tomorrow, which I just watched again. It, it's it's such a good movie. Um, watched it last week. I loved it. He did American Made, which is really good. It's a great movie. You know, he's a I guess he's a nightmare of a director. Like he kind of like fumbles his way through the shoots, and like people have to like step in. But he's like he just has a pretty good track record. I know that that last cast walking didn't work. But I, I, I couldn't get into it. I tried um, to I tried to watch it on a plane. Did the wall, which I never watched. I, it was all right. It wasn't bad. Fair game. Fair that, game. That's, the, that that, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a director's. The director's cut's supposed to be pretty. Add to it. It's supposed to be good. Because that, you know, you Sean Penn and Naomi Watts. Is that who it was? Naomi Watts is certainly in that. Yeah. I think Sean Penn. Is... I think Sean Penn's in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, man. Yeah, it's about a Valerie. What's the? It's that True Tale, right? Yeah. Plume. Plame. 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 Valerie Plum, Plum, something like that, yeah. Brooke Smith from um, The Un- of the Lambs. The, the Unborn? Oh, my God. The biggest is in it, though. Or one of our favorites, Noah Emmerich. <laughs> no, Jen- Jessica Heck. No, it's, oh, it's right. not Noah Emmerich in here. It's not who you are. It's who you know, Noah. Look, down in that ash pit, amidst the chittering and dissolving of teeth, there's also oh. the wearing of a tattoo gun. It's time to put something on your bod. I got this one. I know what I'm doing. Let's do it. So, I'm doing a, I'm tattooing one of these creatures on me for sure because they're they're the best. These little creatures they have like little old man bodies. They're kind of saggy. They got a lot of top weight, tiny little little legs. They look cute, you know. Yeah, they look like, some, get, like they look they look like somebody you'd see at Walmart. And I get the Katie Holmes's shrunken like you know i get her version of the creature on me like the katie combs homuncula whatever the only reason that you know it's her it's got her trademark sideways smirk and that she does you know that weird like you know like what's going on like she has that little crooked grin thing that she does that she's kind of known for (laughs) yeah tucks her hair behind her ear when she does that kind of thing that i'd have a creature doing that her her, it's a nice way saying her head doesn't work exactly (laughs) she's known for it that's kind of her trade trademark yeah um, it's like John. It. It's like Joseph Merrick was known for his weird face. Oh my God, Joseph is, is his first name Joe. He's it's it's John in culture. John. It's no no. It's Joseph. It's either Joseph in real life and John in the movie, or Joseph in the movie and John in real life. But he's been known as both. Really? What, did he go by? Is it? I just never heard of him as Joe Merrick. I've always he, heard John Merrick. He, he's like call me Joey. <laughs> Let me look up the elephant individual. <laughs> In changes the, everything if it's his name's Joe. In the movie, it's John Merrick. Uh huh. Let me look up the elephant person. It's, it's Terry. <laughs> Whip. <laughs> Joseph. Yeah, the real guy was Joseph. Got a. Who's writer than me? <laughs> Did he go by John in real life? He went by. Look at that disgusting fuck. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, well, he's dead, and his head was heavy and weird. It was big. He had a, yeah. So my tattoo would be uh, the, the cover of Architectural Digest for the issue that they were supposed to be on, and it's a different house. And then in the corner, it says, Blackwood, uh-uh, fail. Failing grade. <laughs> yeah, well, for sure. Couldn't curb his daughter at the, at the dinner. Yeah. Someone noticed that they didn't really... They said that after... Katie Holmes gets pulled down into the ash pit. They said on the IMDb that that there was no investigation. That didn't. It didn't seem like anybody really reacted to her death. And I was like, well, I think you can assume that there was. They reported her missing or something happened. 
Yeah. Um, but I guess they maybe they were mad that they didn't open up the f- fire pit and just you know repel down there. Well, no, like like Alex Hummold or something. You didn't watch What's that the, guy's name. You didn't watch the credits. What happened? They go the down there. They go down there and they're fingerprinting all the all the homunculi. <laughs> they're running fingerprints, but her little tiny Katie fingerprints are different. So like, you are free to go, Katie Holmes. Look alike. <laughs> they did send the cops down there. I'm glad to hear it. This guy will be glad to hear it. Yeah. That it was complaining about it on IMDb. It didn't seem like they were. I didn't. I missed the scenes where the police rolled up to the house and put the police tape up and started investigating the crime. I my mind couldn't assume that that happened. I want to see it. Yeah, the movie is is an hour and forty whatever minutes. I want another twenty minutes of a police procedural. <laughs> I'm that committed to these heartwarming <laughs> characters. I wanted to, uh, her funeral, and Guy Pierce said, "I can't believe we have to bury this with no body. We never found the body." Yeah, you know, we need more. We and we have a chance for more, I think, Nick, because there's probably some other things coming up we could talk about. But so yeah, the film is ended. Credits have rolled, and there's a stinger at the end. By golly, mine's what simple. extra scene. Yeah, mine's simple. What? Because at the end of the film, Guy Pierce and Bailey Madison go to the house, and she leaves an illustration at the door, and it gets sucked down into the pit. You know, mm-hmm. the stinger is that he's like, I don't know. I want to make sure that 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 went to its destination. So he goes back into the house. Mm-hmm. And he goes down down to the basement, you know, th- you know, all the way down to the ash pit, and he tucks a little ace bandage down that hole for her. <laughs> the one they didn't give to the gardener. Yeah, sorry um, about your bum knee, you know. Put this cutie on. He's like, I'm ready to touch you. I'm ready to put my arm around your shoulder finally. He's like shouting it down the ash pit. Um, Mine would be Guy Pierce calls an exterminator. He's not yet ready to give up this house. He still needs to make a dime on it. So he calls an exterminator and says, we'll take care of anything. <laughs> he rings him up. This guy comes out and he's like... You know, what you need. And Guy Pierce starts to explain, well, there's these tiny creatures that are human-like and they possess people when they shrink. And then he's like, say no more. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I got this. And he pulls out a mousetrap. And Guy Pierce is like, you don't, you're not listening. These are like mythical creatures. They 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 talk, they're human. And he's like, and just, he keeps hushing Guy Pierce and he sets the mousetrap down in the middle of the basement. And he puts a child's tooth down there instead of cheese <laughs> as the base. <laughs> And then they go upstairs, they put their ear to the door, and they hear a snap. <laughs> and they go down there, and there's 60 of the homunculi trapped under that <laughs> thing. All, they're all dead. <laughs> 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 yep. And the, as the police are rolling up. Uh, anyway. Yeah, that's the mine. police roll up, they're like, so these creatures, they will... Take children, take their teeth out, and then devour them or turn them into creatures. Sounds weird. And they're like, uh, is that illegal? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the, another cop goes, but did they record Thriller? Because that's where we... <laughs> All right, look, sequel, greenlit. Greenlit sequel as hell. There, was there ever any, You would know. Was there ever any talk of a, a follow-up to this? And I'm surprised they didn't because it did make money. No, there was no. They turn every... any. They turn all sorts of horror movies into sequels. Like, just because the title alone. Yeah, well, the title... that don't make money. The title's clunky to me. It is clunky. Yeah, let me zoom in real quick. It should be, do be afraid of the dark. Doobie? Do, should be... <laughs> be afraid of the dark. Be afraid of the dark or do be afraid of the dark because, like, why wouldn't they be? Oh, you know what, though? It's the name of the original. Right, but then the creatures are afraid of the light. They hate light. By the way, in my bathroom, I still have my nightlight from that. It's a beautiful thing. Was that the swag? Yeah, a little nightlight. I never got any swag. Did did you go to that screening that we did here in Atlanta for it? Of course. Of course I would go. Yeah, it's your movie. I mean, you worked on it. I would go. Of course Uh, I did. I was in the audience saying, this sucks! (laughs) (laughs) Next! 
<laughs> what is super the, fail play Colombiana? I'd rather pay for that one. Uh, look, Escrow's all over the place. Sequel's been greenlit. What's what's the story there? The sequel? Yeah. Did you already do a sequel? No, my mine's easy. Okay. A deep sea oil rig <laughs> is drilling and it accidentally t- taps into the ferry hole down there. And uh, the entire fairy universe is sucked into the sea and they all drown horribly. So it's just like a bunch of cute homunculi like struggling for air and then just all these beasts just spilling into the bottom of the sea for about an hour and a half. No, that's not bad. And then, you know, like Lemmings. A, a, a hammerhead will come out, grab one, and, you know, shake its head, shred that bitch. There's a scene with an octopus dragging like this uh, weird satyr underneath a rock, you know? <laughs> I like this. Yeah. Mine is similar. It's, it's similar, similarly creature focused. The, the camera goes down the gullet of the ash pit into the body, into the playroom of these characters. And they're transforming one Katie Holmes into one of their own. Like she's mid transformation. Yeah. They got her on a bed. They're like, it's, it's, you know, whispering to her to be fine. And as she's transforming, she hears little whispers, like, you know, little like chipmunk voiced whispers like, like just like the chip keep, keep her nipples the same size no 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 and they're like uh her name is her name is kim and she's like wait i thought what's going on you know what's going on and the creatures start looking nervous because there's they have their own little creatures that are terrorizing them down there <laughs> and trying to get their shit to transform them into one of their tinier and they're like oh you know you know they and these guys are copycats like and they're just you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. you think it's you think they finally got down to safe Mm-mm. there's a different level there's smaller ones they're trying to transform so Katie Holmes ends up, and then the movie gets double transformed. She gets shrunk again. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think I would love to spend time down there with those guys, you know, uh, with a TV screen between us, by the way. Not really. I mean, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, I bet you it smells, it smells neat down there. I think they got, I bet they have, a, like, some junk food down there. Yeah. Sweet tarts or something or Smarties. Money is crossed paws. You've been given the ability to have your own business associated with Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Right. What, sh- what shape does it take? Well, I, I would just, I would create a toothbrush. I would, a creature shaped toothbrush so that it would, you hold this, this creature in your hands, like, you know, like as, as your toothbrush and then his mouth is little, little bristles. And so <laughs> you put him on your teeth. It looks like he's eating your tooth, yep. but he's just, you're really brushing your tooth with it. And, and it looks holds. like he's frothing at the mouth over the course of the experience. Yeah, it's good. It is. It looks like he's lashed onto your tooth. It's cute. But you really, you're just practicing good hygiene. Don't be afraid of floss, the floss or something. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to call it, but it would be something cute like that. And then, uh, like the tagline is, "You'll be dental damned." And then, you know, maybe, and then after you're done brushing, you you rinse off his frothy mouth, and then you stretch him out, and he he, he walks off of the uh, the the tripod and leaves. <laughs> well, you know. I'm going to say this as a complaint. There aren't enough monster-themed toothbrushes for my liking. You never go to the store and see. It's always superheroes or just plain brushes. Where are my monster toothbrushes? Maybe this is a good idea. I've got one that's COVID. What do you mean? The toothbrush is in the shape of COVID. (laughs) Well, it's close. Yeah. Mine is uh, simple. I would open up a dentist office. Duh. Okay. Yeah, and it would be called the Ash Pit, and it would look all rusty and musty and dusty, and it would be a fully functioning dentist office, but I would do the most intensive labor search in the history of mankind, scouring the earth for dental assistance, 
because uh, the, the the only requirement is they have to look like the Blackwood homunculi, mm-hmm. male or female, don't matter. <laughs> they got to be naked as the day is young, and they have to have loose hair on them. And so, <laughs> I'll hire these people, and they will shamble about the uh, the the drilling room, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. and and help me, you know, give them gauze and help them, you know, maybe a, a local anesthetic. But they're and they got those weird pinprick glowing eyes and all that, you know. Yeah. But fully functioning dentist, everything's perfect. Just. The, the assistants are shady looking. <laughs> you know, my dentist is blasting um, like '90s rock music when I'm getting my like teeth cleaning in there. I'm like, can you? It's I I went there like eight in the morning to get a cavity. I had to get a cavity filled. To zoom in and um, COVID cavity, and I was sitting there. They're blaring '90s music like uh, Taylor Dane. I was like, can we just take it down a notch? I, I was long. <laughs> Yeah, you know, longer for Muzak. The last thing you hear as you go under is, once there was this girl who <laughs> got into an accident and couldn't go to school. <laughs> <laughs> the test crash dummies. Uh, crash tests. Oh, crash test dummies. God, fucking old. Crash test dummies, that's right. They had a couple songs. They, did, they had more than one, right? They had that one where his voice was really deep. And then that other one where his voice was really deep. God, that was a true. That was a tough. That was a tough album to listen to. <laughs> I try to make it through. I wonder if they're still around. We that's one. There we is no way that. that they are not crash testing still. You think so? Yeah. I think he's crash testing. Live at the American Legion this Saturday. <laughs> um, they are still around. Un- Nineteen eighty-eight to present. <laughs> And um, yeah, they're on tour. They had a tour in 2018, reunion tour, or 25th anniversary tour of that song. What's your, what's your, uh, what's your, um, did you ever say it? I had the dentist's office. Um, That's right. Yeah, yeah. Look, you're in the movie. Mm -hmm. You've been inserted into the running time of uh, Don't Be For The Dark. What shape does your performance take? Character would I play? I'm a fucking puppet. I'm a fucking puppet that's just been sitting around in the basement all this time. I got all the secrets. I've been discarded, right. but I got all the secrets. And I sure. want and I want to spill big time. But nobody has the common decency to stick their hand in me. <laughs> Could have saved them all a mess of trouble. The, Katie Holmes would still be with us. Right. You know, the handyman would still be intact, you know? Mm-hmm. But nobody put their fist in me. So I wasn't able to communicate. It's a shame. So it's really I'm kind of the tragic figure in the story. I'm a uh, mouse. <laughs> That is just happened. They saw this house and I'm like, jackpot. This thing is, this house is huge. They're going to be, there's going to be food galore. I'm moving in. <laughs> like there's the holes everywhere. And I am panicking because there are creatures in here and I have to learn to pretend to be one of them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I have to blend in and I am freaking out. They think I'm part of the group. And so I am like kind of ambling around half heartedly trying to pick up things and th- to threaten people. But I, you know, I'm, I'm not there for that. Yeah. I'm there for the food, bro. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, so they're like, let me spoil this. So are they. They're, they're talking my ear off. We're going to suck some people's souls tonight. We're going to get these people and shrink them and, 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 and part, make them part of our group. I'm like, great. You know? <laughs> Sounds perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I'm just there waiting for someone to drop a Twizzler. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah, I want some peanut butter, like crackers or something. Yeah, I'm like looking up at Guy Pierce. I'm like, fucking, does this guy is? Does he have to be this clean? Like, even when he's eating a bagel, I don't see a crumb. Yeah, you know, like that's where my hatred. I start, I start burning the. I have more hatred for this family than the creatures <laughs> do because they're 
clean eaters. Yeah. You know? It has a happy it has a happy ending though. Cause you get downstairs because you heard that there's some yummies, and then you mm-hmm. see 60 of those guys pinned into a, a mouse trap with a fucking <laughs> tooth line on the side. <laughs> I just excited, like I get I'm like, you guys have any food down here? And they just they kind of they, they do a little head head nod over to the tray of old people teeth i'm like you know <laughs> i had the old people teeth for breakfast and then you go to the dollhouse and you see oh my god there's kevin you know like there was a ske- kevin skeleton the puppet no there's a there's a uh, rat skeleton or a mouse skeleton oh that's yeah. right yeah yeah you said there's a there you said there's a skeleton of a rodent in the dollhouse yeah. which i didn't notice yeah. yeah look you're on an island you've been traveling all these many years at sea collecting d- debris from various films now it's time to take something for Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. What you take? Right. Oh, man. It's a good question. And there's good stuff here. There's the ring of, there's the fairy ring of mushrooms or toadstools. Or that's a, you know, that, that'd be nice and decorative. There's the tooth chisel at the beginning. There's the body of the maid. Yeah, well, that's true. I'm going to get, uh, tell you what, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since I've gone here and it's time. Uh, sometimes at night, you know, you think about tropical island, you think it's always warm. It's never. At night, mm-hmm. it gets chilly as nuts. And uh, nothing like a nice long sweater as I patrol that island. A nice long mm-hmm. female sweater, you know, where I could maybe a multiples of, of the sweaters, you know, one around the waist, one around the neck, uh, one on the body. A couple sweaters, huh? Yeah. So I think I might just take those delightful sweaters Katie Holmes had the uh, joy of wearing, and I, I will wear them in pride. And, and I'd like to think there's a little bit of her skin still on them you know like a little cold net cold net house you hear dead hear skin flakes yeah yeah but yeah. there's cold net there's i, I get it it's the the house is is not warm and it's not a warm it's not there's no love coming from guy pierce to his daughter to his because girlfriend there's no warmth there nick yeah you know so she had to wear sweaters you know and and sally had to wear that big pink coat yep i, I don't think they fit you absolutely be sweet it's katie helms t- she's tall right she's, she's kind of a tall yeah. actress yeah I'm zoom in i'd take that rubber ducky that that guy Pierce so elegantly balanced on the pile of towels that he had was carrying up to his daughter's um, pre bath, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I take that ducky, you know, the rubber ducky. That that's something I haven't really. That's not something I had in my life since I was a kid. How about you? When's the last time you rolled with a rubber ducky in a bath? Can you remember? I've had rubber duckies recently, but not in a bath. I don't know what this means. What did you What did you just say? I won them in a, I won them in a claw machine. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. The little tiny ones? Yeah. But one of them looked like the yeah. devil. I know. I don't know this guy, but I, I'm an acquaintance of someone who got rich off vending machines, kind of or, or, or claw machines, like kind of owned some and then get maybe rich, but got pretty wealthy. And then he turned that into something else and got wealthy. Hmm. Got to start in claw machines. <laughs> I was jealous of that. That'd be cool to have some to rip off people forever. Mm-hmm. You good at claw machines? Yeah. Shatter the front glass with a fucking ball peen hammer. Take what I need. <laughs> Leaf. Yeah. I've been pretty successful in my life with claw machines. What, what, what was the disco? There was a disco or like a, a, a semi truckered rubber ducky thing. Was that one of the characters in Smoking the Bandit or something? Rubber ducky or something? Convoy? Maybe. I'm not sure. I just remember there was a CB radio rubber ducky thing back in the 70s. I don't remember what the car. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, I'd float, you know, I'd do some wading in the ocean with the rubber ducky on my side. I hope I would maybe fashion some kind of string to it. I would, I would get nervous to lose it, especially in the in the turbulent turbulent waters, but I'd secure it to my person unlike Tom Hanks and Wilson. Yeah. You know, I'd have the forethought. So, yeah, I'd I'd bring the rubber ducky and hopefully it wouldn't like sprout who knows? I don't know how those things are born, those creatures, but I hopefully it wouldn't have, you know how those rubber ducks have the little hole in them I, at the bottom? Oh, I am Squirt. very aware. Squirt. 
squirt water out of. It also make, um, it makes a squeak, right? It does. If you're, yeah, if, I mean, if you're lucky. Yeah, if you're lucky. If you're du- if, if a squeak one. If you're ducky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And to, to answer the question you're about to ask, no, it didn't fit in. <laughs> well, I was trying to make it cute. <laughs> Silence that hung, the silence that hung on you. Too quiet to forget, too quiet to forget what's true. Just dusty bones in a dusty Just dusty bones, me and you, no Like rusted chrome, hollowed out too Just dusty bones, me and you Silence that hung, silence that hung on you. Too quiet to forget, too quiet to forget what's true. Just dusty bones in a dusty Dusty bones, me and you, no like rusted chrome, hollowed out too. Just dusty bones, me and you.